theextraordinarychurch.ca podcast, where ordinary people experience extraordinary life in Jesus Christ. You are about to hear a message that will encourage you to become and experience all that Jesus Christ has for you. Are you ready? Open up your Bibles because something extraordinary is about to happen. We're going to look at the book of Acts today, Acts chapter number 2. And we'll be reading from verses 41 to verse 47. And it says, And they that gladly receive his word were baptized and that day about 3,000 souls were added to them and they continued steadfastly in the apostles doctrine and fellowship in the breaking of bread and in prayers then fear came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now all who believed were together and had all things common and sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as everyone has a need. This was not communism. This was not communism. So, continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they did, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. Praising God and having favor with all people and the Lord say this and the Lord added to the church daily those that they should be saved praise God Heavenly Father you are the great God of all gods you are the king of all kings God you are everything to me Lord and everything to us Lord Jesus God As I stand before your people this afternoon, God, give me the unction to say what you want me to say, God. Help them not to look at the person before them, but to hear the sound of God speaking. Lord, be my vocal cord this afternoon, God. Be that which I cannot be to every hearer of your word, God. Let them all not be just hearers of this word this afternoon but doers also god i pray for a double portion of your anointing on this message this afternoon and whatever i speak lord it will be to your glory god in jesus name i pray amen and amen so let it be praise god 
Praise God. You may be seated or you can stand if you want to just support me. Praise God. Turn to your neighbor. And I, I, and I thought, Stephen, look at my notes this morning. If, and say to them, if you grow, the church will grow. If you grow, the church will grow. You see, I'm not even used to preaching. I didn't give you the title of my message. Praise God. So the title of the message <laughs> is Conditions for Growth. Conditions for Growth. Praise God. Conditions for Growth. And we have been doing this growth series. Pastor Akilah has been doing a wonderful job of teaching this growth series. And when he, was, he started this series, I was apprehensive because a lot of the stuff he was talking about, I'd already started writing this, this message. So I know some of the stuff you're going to be familiar with because you've heard it before. But repetition helps. Amen? The more you hear something, the more it sinks in. You know that, Patricia, you are in medical thing. <laughs> Growth can be referred to as an expansion, enlargement, or an improvement of someone or something. It is the process of moving from one stage to another stage. Growth and development are two important concepts that describe the changes that occur in every living organism. There are many types of growth that exist, such as the physical growth. You were, when you were a babe, you were down there. Now you have grown to whatever height you are. Now you are no longer a babe, so you have grown, not a physical growth. There's cognitive growth and there's emotional growth. There's also social growth, there is plant growth, and there is spiritual growth. For this message, I'm going to focus my attention only on two. Plant growth and spiritual growth because they are aligned somewhat plant growth and spiritual growth now when you and I were growing up we heard the story of Jack and the Beanstalk right some of you never go to school <laughs> so they said Jack mother get some beanstalk, beans, and she never liked the beans because she said, why Jack, why you carry these beans, come. So she threw the beans outside and the beans grew to a big stalk and it went up to the giant south, if you remember the story. But we're not going to go through the story today. If you don't remember, go to your kindergarten book and go and read it. But that 
Beanstalk grew overnight. Friends, there's no tree or plant that's going to grow overnight like that beanstalk. Certain things are necessary for plants to grow. And you all know them. Oxygen, water, light, carbon dioxide, nutrients, and the right temperature. If you look at these two plants that I have up here. No, let me not say anything about them yet. Remember when you were in primary school and you used to put a seed in a, in a little vial and you watch it grow, you water it and you put it on the window and the teacher said, look out. And a couple of days you see the plumules and the radical and it's growing, it's growing. And you know that it's growing because why? It was under the correct conditions. Amen? So, on the same side, like how plants need to grow with the correct conditions, spiritually, we need to grow under the correct conditions. And 2 Peter chapter 2 tells us this, that we need to grow by the sincere milk of the word of God. We grow by taking the sincere milk of the word of God. The word of God helps us to grow. 1 John 5 and 1 and 5 states this. God is light. And in him there is no darkness at all. So God is telling us that Jesus told us that I am the light of the world. In him Jesus at the time was declaring that he himself to be the light of this world. Jesus was claiming that he is the exclusive source of spiritual light. And no other spiritual truth is available to mankind outside of Jesus. So as we think of the subject of the condition for growth. Let us consider about the fact of natural growth and spiritual growth which are countertwined. In natural plants need light. Plants need light. And why I have these two plants on the up here is this, this plant. My wife moved it and put it upstairs. And it had no light. So because it had no light, you see, all the leaves gone. But this one is where all the light came in. Right at the windowsill where all, you see, it look nice and flourishing. Don't beg me any after service. <laughs> Praise God. So now there are two types of light. There's the natural light. That comes from the sun. Anybody ever wonder why Canada's sun is so cold? <laughs> you never wonder yet? Think it's with me alone, but that's for another day. Now, sunlight is known as a natural light. Natural light. And sin 
And worldly living is known as spiritual darkness. Jesus is spiritual light. We can perceive one or both or neither. But when we are born in this world, we perceive physical light or natural light. And by it we learn of the creator's handiwork. In Psalm 19 verse 1 declares that the heaven declares the glory of God and the firmament show it forth his handiwork. That means we see the goodness of God. You see now all the trees look dead. But if this was spring or summer, all the trees would have their leaf. And you will say, what a mighty God we serve. But now you see, they look dead. But God is still good because something is happening there that you and I cannot see. And when spring comes, we'll see the greenness and the glory of God comes back to those plants. So man was created and placed in the garden with natural light, without sin. But you and I know who disobeyed God. All right, we're going to say Adam. <laughs> so Adam disobeyed God and caused creation to fall into spiritual darkness. Amen. And Paul tells us by one Adam... Sin entered the world and by another Adam, he came to remove sin from the world. And we are told in Genesis 6, the degeneration of man as he was plunged deeper and deeper into sin. And this resulted in the flood. Noah built the ark and there was a flood and God saved Eight people. After the flood, God continued to have to wanting to have fellowship with man. That fellowship, to have fellowship and relationship with God, requires a special condition, and that is known as sinlessness. Because the holy God cannot communicate, cannot comprehend sin. The holy God cannot mingle with sin. So God had to come. Let me not rush it. Humanity was living in darkness looking for light, the Bible tells us. After Noah, there was Abraham. After Abraham, there was I thought you all read your Bible. There was who? There was Israel. Israel came from Isaac. Israel came. And God told Israel to build, told Moses to build him a tabernacle. Because God wanted to commune with us. Human beings. So God said, Moses, build me a tabernacle where my presence can be all day, all night. 
and the tabernacle was built and God was there to be light in a dark world. He said, when we take a candle into a room, we dispel the darkness. Likewise, the light of Jesus has to be taken into the darkness of sin that engulfs our heart and lives in those that are following him. That's the condition behind having this light. We have to take the light of Jesus Christ into our heart. If we do not follow, we will not have this light. Matthew chapter 4 and verse, Matthew chapter 5, sorry, and verse 14 to 16 says, Let your light so shine before men so that we may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. So God, the light that transcends from God must come through you and I. So that men and women may just look at us and say, I want to be like Isabella. Because her light is shining so brightly. The Bible says we can't light a candle and put it under a bushel because there will be no light to light up this dark world. And this dark world leaves us. Because the Bible says we are the light of the world. We are salt and we are light. Praise God. You don't think so? Some of us sound like we don't think we're light. Are you light? You are the light of the world. The Bible tells you that. And you have to believe that and walk as if you are in light and not in darkness. As plants need nutrients, they need food. For the soil to grow, so we need spiritual food. And Jesus stated this in John chapter 6. Verses 32 to 35, it says, Then Jesus said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, Moses did not give you bread from heaven, but my Father gives you bread from heaven. God gives the bread, for the bread that of God is he who comes down from heaven. Who came from heaven? Jesus, and he gives you life to the world. So Jesus gave this life to the world. Then said him, Lord, give us this bread always. And what did Jesus say? I am the bread of life. Plants need nutrients, soil. Jesus says he is the bread of life. He who comes to me shall not hunger and who believes in me shall not thirst. So Jesus he said, come, come, come. I am the food that you need. Bread must be eaten to sustain our physical life. We all eat bread to satisfy our physical hunger and to sustain our physical life. The natural man craves for food 
And nothing is wrong with you craving for food. But Jesus says, the word that I speak is both spirit and their life. So when you spend time in the word of God, you are feasting on his word. You're feasting on the word of God. Hearing and reading the word of God and seeking God will satisfy your spiritual hunger and sustain your spiritual life. This is made possible only through a right relationship with Jesus Christ. Praise God. And this is the reason why he calls himself the bread of life. Praise God. No bread and the word can be interchangeable. Bread equals word. When we feast on the word of God, we will grow spiritually. We need to feast on the word of God daily. The songwriter said, and you, all of us went to Sunday school, right? He said, read your Bible, pray every day, pray every day. Read your Bible, and you will. Praise God. Praise, thank you. Thank you for that, Sister Kachandra. You can sing. Praise God. Plants also need air and oxygen to grow, and humankind was given the breath of life. Genesis 2 and verse 7 reads like this. And the Lord formed the man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostril the breath of life and man became a living soul. We need the breath of life in us. Second Timothy 3 and verse 16 said, all scriptures is God breathed. All scripture that you read is God breathing into you and I. Praise God. Have you ever breathed on a pane of glass during the winter time when it's cold and the glass fogs up? Well, that's what happens in the Bible. God breathes out his words and those words took form on the pages of the Bible. Therefore, the Bible says it is profitable for doctrine, for rebuking, for correction in righteousness to help us to grow. The word provides life-sustaining oxygen that we need to grow. Have you ever heard of the saying, water is life? Yeah? Water is life? Water is very important condition to grow. Imagine if these plants never get some water for some days. They would look droopy. Now remember when Jesus visited that woman at the well at Samaria and he asked her, give me some of that water. And she said, you a Samaritan asking me a Jew for water to drink or vice versa. I know some of you know the, 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 the thing. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Whoever drink of this water will thirst again. But whosoever drinks of the water that I shall give will never thirst again. 
But the water that I shall give will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. The woman said, give me this water. Give me, I want this water. I want this water. I want this water. Sir, give me this water that I may never thirst again. Do you want this water that Jesus gives? Do you want this water or do you, or you have it already? And this is what John says. For those of us who have it already. John 7 verses 37 to 39. He said, on the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood up and cried saying, if any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture says, out of his heart shall flow rivers of living water. And the Bible says, but this he spoke of concerning the spirit that those whom believe on him should receive because the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. So you and I who have received the Spirit of God has received that living water that the woman of Samira was asking for. Give me that living water. I want the living water. You have the living water. So you need, Lord. <laughs> you need, you need to share it. Tell somebody. Tell somebody. With every sip of this Holy Spirit, we will grow with more knowledge and the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Praise God. Praise God. For things to grow, they need a correct atmosphere. Yeah? Spiritual growth flourishes in an atmosphere of faith, prayer, praise, worship, and thanksgiving. Therefore, it is so important that we enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. And be thankful unto him. I lived another Sunday afternoon. Be thankful that we are alive. Be thankful that we can breathe. Be thankful that we can walk. Be thankful that we can just move. Somebody didn't wake up this morning. Somebody didn't wake up this morning. Therefore, it is so important to, for us. To give praises whether we want to, yes or no. All I'm saying to you folks, all I'm saying, this is what I just said to you. That Jesus is light. Without him, you're living in darkness. Jesus is water. Jesus is food. He is the bread of life. Jesus is the source of life. Jesus is the breath of life. All we need is Jesus. Some writer says, give me Jesus in the morning. Give me Jesus in the evening. Every moment of the day, just give me Jesus. 
He's my reason for living. He's my source of survival. Every moment of the day, just give me Jesus. Give me Jesus. Give me Jesus. He's everything to me. Praise God. Our spiritual growth depends on our relationship with Jesus. Not your relationship with me. Not your relationship with Pastor Akil. Not your relationship with Andre. But a relationship with Jesus. So, in our lesson text, we read that on the day of Pentecost, Peter preached a message. 120 people were there. And the Bible tells us at the end of Peter's preaching, 3,000 souls were saved. The Bible says, Do not receive, gladly receive the word. We're baptized, we're saved. A mega church formed just like that. It moved from 120 to 3,120. Mega church. Imagine if that was to happen here. Could we accommodate 3,000 souls? Are you ready? Are you ready? We're going to Toronto. Are you ready? 3,000 souls. Are you ready? So, where there is birth, there must be growth. Where there is birth, you must grow. If your baby stay a baby after five years, you're going to say, oh my God, look at Sarah, baby. Five and he's running up and down. My baby is five and still taking bottles. But there are four things that caused or that was happening at that time that caused the growth of the Book of Acts church. And the first thing, four things, let me name them first before I go into them individually. First thing that was said in Acts 42 is that they continued steadfastly every day, steadfastly in the apostle doctrine, one, in two, in fellowship, three, in the breaking of bread, and four, in prayer. They continued steadfastly in the apostle doctrine, in prayer, and in the breaking of bread. Praise God. So that first element, when those 3,000 souls receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, they devoted some time to the apostles' doctrine. What was the apostles' doctrine? What were the apostles preaching at the time? They were preaching baptism in the name of Jesus. Death, they were preaching repentance, sorry, first thing. Repentance, which is death. Baptism. In the name of Jesus Christ, burial, and the infilling of the Holy Ghost, which is the resurrection. Praise God. They were preaching the apostles' doctrine and they nailed that down because 
Luke 24 and verse 47 says this. And repentance and remission of sin should be preached in the name among all nations. In whose name? In the name of Jesus. They were, they were preaching repentance in Jesus' name for all to receive. Why was it so important that they preach the apostles' doctrine? This was what Jesus taught them. Jesus taught them this. And remember this, all who were in Jerusalem at the time, at the day of Pentecost, was under the shadow of the law. Amen. And this condition had to be removed so that the light of God would come into their hearts. So the Bible tells us in Isaiah 60 and verse 1, say, Arise and shine, for thy light has come. And the light of Jesus came to their hearts and they, it revealed to them what Jesus was and is. He is the light of the world. Praise God. And that became the initial condition. The first element I said was they continued steadfastly in the apostle doctrine. The second one was fellowship. And fellowship means an association, especially for people who share the same interests. And it comes from that Greek word meaning koinonia. My Greek is good. Koinonia. Which means sharing the life of Jesus. So last week when we had a little fellowship here, that's what we were trying to achieve or accomplish. Some koinonia. That you sit with each other. And you speak to each other. You don't just run home. Because fellowship was important to them at that time. Sister Kachanja. They didn't just run away. They had fellowship. They had koinonia. It's one word you're going to know today. It's koinonia. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> Praise God. So koinonia takes some different meanings in different verses of the Bible. Praise God. In 1 John, it means a partnership. So you and I are partners. You and I are what? Partners. Praise God. It means in Romans 12, a contribution. In Hebrews 16, it means sharing. That means when you have a lot. Like Brother Alex, you have to share. 2 Corinthians 3, 4, 4, 13, 14, it means a communion or a closeness. So the Bible wants us to be close. Koinonia. Have fellowship with each other. You must know what rubbed me wrong. And I must know what rubs you wrong because we are having fellowship. We are speaking to each other in truth and in love. And talking about the things of God. Yes. Koinonia. That's the second thing. The third thing they were doing was. They were breaking bread. And occasionally we have communion. That's the same thing. They were breaking bread. They were having communion. You know. They were inviting each other to each other's house. And they were just eating and having a good time. Talking about the things. <laughs> There's a whole song that came to my mind right away, Sister Kachanja. 
I'm feeling very happy talking about the good old day. See, you don't know those songs, man. Songs are songs of Zion. Praise God. So, they were eating and drinking and making merry. And the third thing they broke bread and eat, that's communion. The fourth thing they did was prayer. And prayer was very, 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 very important to the Book of Acts church. Prayer was the integral part of their daily activities. The Bible says the temple and their houses became grounds of growth. Why? Because they were praying daily in their houses. The Bible tells us that Peter and John went to the temple to pray at certain hours. We have to have a certain time of day when we said, God, we're going to shut out the TV. We're going to shut out the telephone. We're going to shut out everything and spend time with you. So they spent time in prayer. So what happened? They grew. They grew. They grew both spiritually and physically because they were spending time in prayer. The disciples learned a lot from Jesus. And that's why they asked Jesus, teach us how to pray. Because they saw that Jesus' prayer life was so different and certain things happened because Jesus was praying, Jesus was touching people. Miracles were happening. Spitting on the ground and dirty you know, people fit eyes and eyes were being opened. And they were saying, oh, go, you, go, oh you do that, Jesus. And he said, these things come at not but by prayer, prayer and fasting. Daily in every house, they cease not to preach and to teach Jesus. They were in prayer. Same thing that we are trying to accomplish, small groups. They were in prayer, small group prayers. All who believe and accepted the word of God focused more on Jesus. Because the more Jesus, the more compassion. The more Jesus, the more miracles. The more Jesus, the more signs and wonders. The more Jesus, the more love for souls and for the lost. The more Jesus, the more we grow. Because of their prayer and togetherness, God showed up miraculous. And the Bible tells us that signs and wonders were following them that believed. People were just being healed by the shadow of Peter. Imagine if my shadow should walk past you and you were feeling a back pain. And when my shadow passed you, just oh. healthy, a healthy Christian community attracts people to Christ. A healthy Christian community attracts people to Christ. Thank God you're not sleeping. Praise God. The church's zeal for worship and brotherly love is contagious. A healthy, loving church will grow in number because of this. And because of this, the Lord, not me and you, God, when God see 
us continuing in the apostles' doctrine, when God sees us in fellowship, when God sees us in communion, when God sees us in prayer, he will add to our numbers daily those who should be saved. Growth will happen when we are faithful to God. What am I saying? Growth will happen when we are faithful to God. And not because you have wake up this morning with a headache means you say, I can't go to church this morning. Because if you woke up tomorrow morning with a headache, you are going to work. God is the giver of everything. We don't out exist outside of God. So when on a Sunday morning or afternoon, you feel that pain that says, mm, I don't feel like going to church. Devil, get behind me, Satan. I'm stepping on the promises of God. Growth happens when we are faithful. God sees that you push past that little thingy. And you came to the house of God. Who to tell? You may just get your healing. A message may just preach and it just perk you up. And you say, oh, now I can run over a mountain and leap over a wall. We have 168 hours in a week. How much of that time is spent in prayer, in fasting, in telling someone about the goodness of Jesus? This year must not be like every other year. This year, we must be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bring it forth its fruit in its season. We must be fruit-bearing. The Bible says one can chase a thousand and two can put ten thousand to flight. Imagine if you just tell one person about the goodness of Jesus. We can turn Mississauga, Toronto, Brampton, wherever else, upside down. That's what that 3,000 souls did. They continued. They had fellowship, they had communion, and they had prayer. Our spiritual growth is directly related to our fellowship with Jesus Christ. The condition for our spiritual growth is tied to a relationship with Jesus Christ. And here are eight keys to church growth by smart church management. Number one, know where the church is going. Do you know where the church is going? What is the vision of Extraordinary Church? What is our vision? To know God, 
to find freedom, to discover a purpose, and to make a difference. Are you making a difference? That's a vision. What is our mission? What is our mission? You know our mission? Praise God. Thank you, Isabella. That's our mission. For who don't know, go look it up. The values. What's our values? Extraordinary love. Extraordinary kindness. Extraordinary generosity. Extraordinary excellence. Extraordinary fun. Extraordinary service. Extraordinary loyalty. Extraordinary teachability. Know where the church is going. Create an inviting atmosphere. We need to create an inviting atmosphere. Create a welcoming experience. Are you creating that welcoming experience? Create care for church members. You need to care for your brothers and sisters. Not just on a Sunday morning. It's not just a Sunday afternoon event. You need to pick up the phone and call somebody. Call somebody. You never see them today. Look at, look at who you don't see today. Call them and say, where are you? Are you at home sitting on your sofa watching when you could be in church? I hear people say it's not the same. I know that. It's not the same watching from. If you can't make it, you can't make it. I know. I'm not telling you to come if you are on your deathbed. But you don't reach there yet. You need to be in the house of God. Because the Bible tells us that iron sharpens iron. You rub on me and I rub on you and we get the victory, praise God. Provide <laughs> opportunities to serve. You, <laughs> let me not say, Cassandra, you're having too much fun. <laughs> Praise God. Provide opportunities to serve. You must have proper management of church resources. You must embrace new normals. You know, I'm old school, but uh, you know, you know that. But because I'm Extraordinary teachability. Some of the stuff that, you know, the songs that I love to sing. I can't sing them because Patricia says she don't know them. So we have to sing songs that Patricia knows. Amen. Praise God. You may want me to sing Amazing Grace. What's sweet the sound that save a wretch like you? <laughs> but we will sing that sometime. Probably you won't hear because probably we are funeral. Praise God. <laughs> so we have to embrace the new normals. New normals. New things, new things. We have to embrace new things. People are going to come in here and they don't dress like me. 
but you can't put your dress code on them. New normals, new things, new things. Enjoy the ride. Church is a fun place, you know. I don't know how people find church boring. I've never went to a boring church yet. Well, if I'm in there, it can't be boring. Praise God. <laughs> ah. Don't get caught up in the ministry of the Lord that you forget the Lord of the ministry. You have to be both Mary and Martha. You can't be Mary alone or Martha alone. You have to be Mary and Martha. Praise God. And Rick Warren said this. You can come, Sister Cassandra. Sorry, I'll probably take too long. Three minutes over the time. Rick Warren wrote this in his book of a purpose-driven church. And he says, since the church is a living organism, it is natural for it to grow if it is healthy. I'm going to say that again. Since the church is a living organism, it is natural for it to grow if the church is healthy. If a church is not growing, it is dying. This is the church we want. Growing church. And these are the principles that will enable church growth. He said this. Rick Warren said this. We need to be warmer through fellowship, Sister Cassandra. Warmer, you see the robin that I was talking about? Warmer to fellowship. Deeper through discipleship. We need to win people for Jesus. We need to make little Patricias, little Sadies, little Isabella. We need to clone ourselves. More of us. Disciples were making. Making disciples. We need to, to grow stronger through worship. The warmer through fellowship, deeper through discipleship. Stronger through worship. Broader through ministry. Larger through evangelism. There's a lot of lost souls out there. And uh, we need to reach them. We need to reach them. If we concentrate on being steadfast in the word, we'll have fellowship one with another. We will be breaking bread with gladness and sharing whatever God has given to us. This will be the perfect condition for growth with the expectation of a 
great harvest. Souls, 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 souls. The book of Acts, they told us that they daily and in the temple, they cease not to teach and to preach Jesus. They had fellowship, they had communion, they had prayer, and the church grew. God added to the church. What my call this afternoon is for those who are still on the fence, so to speak. And God is saying, come into the light. Come into the light. You have not yet Receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. My call to you today is to come. If we have any person like that in our midst, hands, eyes closed, I just want you to feel free. There's no shade on you. You have been trying to receive God, the Bible says, it's Christ in you, the hope of glory. And without me, the Bible says, you can do nothing. Without Jesus, you can do nothing. Your next step or the next step you take, Jesus has to be a part of that step. And you want to make that next step this afternoon. By making Jesus the Lord of your life. I want you to do me a favor. Ask the person beside you. Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe? And if the answer is no. Don't drag them. Just encourage them, encourage them, encourage them, encourage them, encourage them that there is more. Take this step, take this step of faith because that is a condition that can help you to grow. If you need to grow more. This is a step you need to take. Christ in you. The hope of glory. So everybody in here are good. Everybody in here is good. You have the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues. You're good. Are you good? If you were to die today, where would you go? Up or down? It's, it's real. Heaven is real. 
and the other place is real. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Join us next week for another message of hope and life in Jesus. If you like what you just heard, we hope you'll pass along our web address to all of your friends, extraordinarychurch.ca. We are a young church plant with a lot of people living an extraordinary life in Jesus. If you're looking for a way to become better connected to what God is doing, email us, info at extraordinarychurch.ca. We'd love to hear from you.